Dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. I'm here with Abhay Das Brahmachari and Rasika Shirmani Das Manachari, and we're aiming to uh, intensify the uh, safe haven so that you'll have place to come every day and uh, absorb yourself in transcendental sound. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram, we hope you all are happy and safe and well and dealing with uh, the world the way it's going. Not such an auspicious path for some, for most, but here we are to spread the good word, the good tidings. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lilastava <coughs> by Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Bhag- Srimad Bhagavatam and also the Gita in tangent with the Bhagavatam, both transcendental uh, incarnations of God through sound. goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana. Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvandurita Ditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life, heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Premavarshaksharayate. Sarvada Sarvasevaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who is supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madbudo Mad Mahadana Manistadagamadbhagya my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu saduta dahin atini chochatakada hanamun chagadachin mam prem narit kantayospuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, <clears throat> please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya
So here we are. In case you hadn't noticed, my voice is getting better. And this is due to Rishika Shiromani's uh, treatments that he's giving me every day, which are helping me out a lot. So kudos to him. Thank you. Hare Krishna. <laughs> we reached the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 10, <clears throat> in which the opulences of Krishna are going to be described to Arjuna upon his request. And we're starting with uh, text 33. Bhagavad Gita as it is, chapter 10, the opulence of the Supreme, beginning with text 33. Akshadanam of the letters, of letters, I am the letter A. <clears throat> and among compound words, I am the dual compound. I am also inexhaustible time. <clears throat> and of creators, I am Brahma. Purport. Akara, the first letter of the Sanskrit alphabet, is the beginning of the Vedic literature. Without Akara, nothing can be sounded. Therefore, it is the beginning of sound. In Sanskrit, there are also many compound words, of which the dual word, like Ramakrishna is called Dwandva. In this compound, the words Rama and Krishna have the same form, and therefore the compound is called dual. Among all kinds of killers, time is the ultimate, because time kills everything. Time is the representative of Krishna, because in due course of time, there will be a great fire and everything will be annihilated. Among the chief living, ent living entities who are creators, Brahma, who has four heads, is the chief. Therefore, he is a representative of the Supreme Lord, Krishna. Text 34 Sarvaharas Chaham Udbhavas Cha Bhavishyatam Kritir Shrir Vakchanadinam Smritir Medha Dritik Chama. I am all devouring death, and I am the generating principle of all that is yet to be. Among women, I am fame, fortune, fine speech, memory, intelligence, steadfastness, and patience. Purport. As soon as a man is born, he dies at every moment. Thus, death is devouring every living entity at every moment, but the last stroke is called death itself. That death is Krishna. As for future development, all living entities undergo six basic changes. They are born, they grow, 
They remain for some time, they, they reproduce, they dwindle, and finally they vanish. Of these changes, the first is deliverance from the womb, and that is Krishna. The first generation is the beginning of all future activities. The seven opulences listed, fame, fortune, fine speech, memory, intelligence, steadfastness, and patience are considered feminine. If a person possesses all of them or some of them, he becomes glorious. If a man is famous as a righteous man, that makes him glorious. Sanskrit is a perfect language and is therefore very glorious. If after studying one can remember a subject matter, he is gifted with a good memory or smriti and the ability not only to read many books on different subject matters but to understand them and apply them when necessary is intelligence, medha, another opulence. The ability to overcome unsteadiness is called firmness or steadfastness, driti. And when one is fully qualified yet is humble and gentle, and when one is able to keep his balance both in sorrow and in the ecstasy of joy, he has the opulence called patience, chama. Text 35. Brihat sama tatasam nam Gayatri chandasam maham Masanam margashir shoham Ritunam kusumakchara kusumakadaha Of the hymns of the Samaveda, I am the Brihat Sama, and of poetry, I am the Gayatri. Of months, I am Margashirsha, November, December, and of seasons, I am flower-bearing spring. PURPORT It has already been explained by the Lord that amongst all the Vedas, He is the Samaveda. <clears throat> the Samaveda is rich with beautiful songs played by the various demigods. Of these songs is the Brihat Sama, which has an exquisite melody and is sung at midnight. In Sanskrit, there are definite rules that regulate poetry. Rhyme and meter are not written whimsically, as in much modern poetry. Amongst the regulated poetry, the Gayatri Mantra, which is chanted by the duly qualified Brahmanas, <clears throat> is the most prominent. The Gayatri Mantra is mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam, because the Gayatri Mantra is especially meant for God-realization, it represents the Supreme Lord. This mantra is meant for spiritually advanced people, and when one attains success in chanting it, he can enter into the transcendental position of the Lord. One must first acquire the qualities of the perfectly situated person, the qualities of goodness, according to the laws of material nature in order, to in order to chant the Gayatri Mantra. The Gayatri Mantra is very important in Vedic civilization and is considered to be the sound incarnation of Brahman. 
Brahma is its initiator and it is passed down from him in disciplic succession. The month of November, December is considered the best of all months because in India grains are collected from the fields at this time and the people become very happy. Of course, spring is a season universally liked because it is neither too hot nor too cold and the flowers and trees blossom and flourish. In spring there are also many ceremonies commemorating Krishna's pastimes. Therefore, this is considered to be the most joyful of all seasons and it is the representative of the Supreme Lord Krishna. Text 36 Dutang chaliyatang asmi tejas tejasminam maham jayosmi vyavasayosmi satvang satvaratam maham I am also the gambling of cheats and of the splendid. I am the splendor. I am victory. I am adventure and I am the strength of the strong. Purport. There are many kinds of cheaters all over the universe. Of all cheating processes, gambling stands supreme and therefore represents Krishna. As the Supreme, Krishna can be more deceitful than any mere man. The unfortunate commentator who wants to cheat Krishna and the public by saying that there is something greater than Krishna is cheated by Krishna. <laughs> and the commentator cannot understand Krishna after any length of time. If Krishna chooses to deceive a person, no one can surpass him in his deceit. His greatness is not simply one-sided, it is all-sided. Among the victorious, he is victory. He is the splendor of the splendid. Among the enterprising and industrious, he is the most enterprising, the most industrious. Among adventurers, he is the most adventurous. And among the strong, he is the strongest. When Krishna was present on earth, no one could surpass him in strength. Even in his childhood, he lifted Govardhan Hill. No one can surpass him in cheating. No one can surpass him in splendor. No one can surpass him in victory. And no one can surpass him in enterprise. And no one can surpass him in strength. Text 37. Vrishinam Vasudevosmi Pandavanam Dananjayaha Muninam Muninam Apyaham Vyasak Kavinam Ushanakavihi Of the descendants of Vrishni, I am Vasudeva, and of the Pandavas, I am Arjuna. Of the sages, I am Vyas, and among great thinkers, I am Ushana. Purport. Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead and Baladev is Krishna's immediate expansion. Both Lord Krishna and Baladev 
appeared as sons of Vasudev. So both of them may be called Vasudeva. From another point of view, because Krishna never leaves Vrindavan, all the forms of Krishna that appear elsewhere are his expansions. Vasudeva is Krishna's immediate expansion, so Vasudeva is not different from Krishna. It is to be understood that the Vasudeva referred to in this verse the Bhagavad Gita is Baladev or Balarama because he is the original source of all incarnations and thus he is the sole source of Vasudeva. The immediate expansions of the Lord are called Swanksha, personal expansions. And there are also expansions called Vibhinangsha, separated expansions. Amongst the sons of Pandu, Arjuna is famous as Dhananjaya. He is the best of men and therefore represents Krishna. Among the Munis, or learned men conversant in Vedic knowledge, Vyasa is the greatest because he explained Vedic knowledge in many different ways for the understanding of the common mass of people in this age of Kali. And Vyasa is also known as an incarnation of Krishna. Therefore, Vyasa also represents Krishna. Kavis are those who are capable of thinking thoroughly on, on any subject matter. Among the Kavis, Ushana, Shukracharya, was the spiritual master of the demons. He was an extremely intelligent and far-seeking politician. Thus, Shukracharya is another representative of the opulence of Krishna. Text 38 Dando damayatam asmi nitir asmi jikishitam maunam chaivangs guyanam jnanam jnanavatam maham Among all means of suppressing lawlessness, I am punishment. And of those who seek victory, I am morality. Of secret things, I am silence. And of the wise, I am the wisdom. Purport. There are many suppressing agents, of which the most important are those that cut down miscreants. When miscreants are punished, the agency of chastisement represents Krishna. Among those who are trying to be victorious in some field of activity, the most victorious element is morality. Among the confidential activities of hearing, thinking, and meditating, silence is most important because by silence one can make progress very easy, very quickly. The wise man is he who can discriminate between matter and spirit, between God's superior and inferior natures. Such knowledge is Krishna himself. Text 39 Yachapi Sabhabhutanam Bijam Tad Ahamarjuna Natad Asti Vinayatsyan Maya Buddha Chadachadam. 
Furthermore, O Arjuna, I am the generating seed of all existences. Nothing, moving or non-moving, can exist without me. <clears throat> Purport. Everything has a cause, and that cause or seed of manifestation is Krishna. Without Krishna's potency, nothing can exist, either moving or non-moving. Therefore, he is called omnipotent. Whatever existence is not founded on the energy of Krishna is called maya, that which is not. Text 40 Nantosti mamadivyanam vibhutinam parantapa eshatu deshatak prokto vibhuter vistaromaya O mighty conqueror of enemies, there is no end to my divine manifestations. What I have spoken to you is but a mere indication of my infinite opulences. Purport As stated in the Vedic literature, although the opulences and energies of the Supreme are understood in various ways, there is no limit to such opulences. Therefore, not all the opulences and energies can be explained. Simply a few examples are being described to Arjuna to pacify his inquisitiveness. Text 41 <clears throat> Yad yad vibhuti mat satvam Srimad arjuta mevava Tat tadeva bhagach jatvam Mamate jong shasambhavam Know that all opulent, beautiful, and glorious <clears throat> know that all opulent, beautiful, and glorious creations spring but, but from a spark. Know that all opulent, beautiful, and glorious creations spring from but a spark of my splendor. Purport Any glorious or beautiful existence should be understood to be but a fragmental manifestation of Krishna's opulence, whether it be in the spiritual or material world. Anything extraordinarily opulent should be considered to, be, to represent Krishna's opulences. Text 42 Atava bahunaitena kim gyatena tavarjuna vishtabhyaham midam kritsnam but what need is there, Arjuna, for all this detailed knowledge? With a, with a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. Purport <clears throat> The Supreme Lord is represented throughout the universe the Supreme Lord is represented throughout the entire material universes by His entering into all things as the Supersoul. The Lord here tells Arjuna that there is no point in understanding how things exist in their separate opulence and grandeur. He should know that all things that are, are existing 
due to Krishna's entering them as the super soul. From Brahma, the most gigantic entity, on down to the smallest ant, all are existing because the Lord has entered each and all and each and all and is sustaining them. There is a mission that regularly propounds that worship of any demigod will lead one to the Supreme Personality of Godhead or the Supreme Goal. But here in the 10th chapter, that idea is thoroughly discouraged. To completely eradicate this wrong idea, in this chapter, Lord Krishna informs us that even the greatest demigods like Brahma and Shiva represent only part of the opulence of the Supreme Lord. He is the origin of everyone born and no one is greater than Him. He is Asamordva, which means that no one is superior to Him and that no one is equal to Him. In the Padma Purana, it is said that one who considers the Supreme Lord Krishna in the same category with demigods, be they even Brahma or Shiva, becomes at once an atheist. If, however, one thoroughly studies the different descriptions of the opulences and expansions of Krishna's energy, then one can understand without any doubt the position of Lord Sri Krishna and can fix his mind in the worship of Krishna without deviation. The Lord is all-pervading by the expansion of his partial representation, the Supersoul, who enters into everything that is. Pure devotees, therefore, concentrate their minds in Krishna consciousness <clears throat> in full devotional service. Therefore, they are always situated in the transcendental position. Devotional service and worship of Krishna are very clearly indicated in this chapter in verses 8 through 11. That is the way of pure devotional service. How one can attain the highest devotional perfection of association with the Supreme Personality of Godhead <clears throat> has been thoroughly explained in this chapter. Srila Baladev Vidyabhushana, a great Acharya in disciplic succession from Krishna, concludes his commentary on this chapter by saying, Yach Chakti Leshat Suryadya Babanjat Ugrite Jasaha Yad Angshena Dritam Vishwam Sakrishno Dashamer Chuta Chute. From Krishna's potent energy, even the powerful sun gets its power, and by Krishna's partial expansion, the whole world is maintained. Therefore, Lord Sri Krishna is worshipable. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports to the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam in the matter of the opulence of the Absolute. All glories to Krishna. All glories to all of energies that are Krishna's and all glories to all of the energies of Krishna. Hare Krishna. All right, here we go. Fasten your seat belts. Chapter 11 The Universal Form 
Lord Krishna grants Arjuna divine vision and reveals his spectacular unlimited form as the cosmic universe. Thus he conclusively establishes his divinity. Krishna explains that his own all-beautiful human-like form <clears throat> is the original form of Godhead. One can perceive this form only by pure devotional service. Text 1 Arjuna uvacha mad anugrahaya paramam guyam adyat sangitam yatvayoktam vachastena mohoyam bigato mama Arjuna said, By my hearing the instructions you have kindly given me about these most confidential spiritual subjects, my illusion has now been dispelled. PURPORT This chapter reveals Krishna as the cause of all causes. He is even the cause of the Mahavishnu, from whom the material universes emanate. Krishna is not an incarnation. He is the source of all incarnations. That has been completely explained in the last chapter. Now, as far as Arjuna is concerned, he says that his illusion is over. This means that Arjuna no longer thinks of Krishna as a mere human being, as a friend of his, but as the source of everything. Arjuna is very enlightened and is glad that he has such a great friend as Krishna. But now he is thinking that although he may accept Krishna as the source of everything, others may not. So in order to establish Krishna's divinity for all, he is requesting Krishna in this chapter to show his universal form. Actually, when one sees the universal form of Krishna, one becomes frightened, like Arjuna. But Krishna is so kind that after showing it, he converts himself again into his original form. Arjuna agrees to what Krishna has several times said. Krishna is speaking to him just for his benefit. So Arjuna acknowledges that all this is happening to him by, his, by, by Krishna's grace. He is now convinced that Krishna is the cause of all causes and is present in everyone's heart as the Supersoul. Text 2 Vavap yayao hibhutanam shutrao vishtadashomaya tatvatak kamala prak tatvak kamala patraksha Mahatmyam Apichavyayam O Lotus-Eyed One, I have heard from you in detail about the appearance and disappearance of every living entity and have realized your inexhaustible glories. PURPORT Arjuna addresses Lord Krishna as Lotus-Eyed. Krishna's eyes appear just like the petals of a lotus flower. Out of his joy, mm, 
Arjuna addresses Lord Krishna as lotus-eyed, Krishna's eyes appear just like the petals of a lotus flower, out of his joy. For Krishna has assured him in a previous chapter, Aham Krishnasya Jagatat Prabhavak Pralayastata I am the source of the appearance and disappearance of this entire material manifestation. Arjuna has heard of this from the Lord in detail. Arjuna further knows that in spite of his being the source of all appearances and disappearances, he is aloof from them. As the Lord has said in the ninth chapter, he is all-pervading, yet he is not personally present everywhere. That is the inconceivable opulence of Krishna, which Arjuna admits that he has thoroughly understood. Text 3 Evam etad yatatatvam atmanam parameshwaram drashtum ichchamile te rupam aishwaram purushottamam O greatest of all personalities, O supreme form, though I see you here before me in your original position, as you have described yourself, I wish to see how you have entered into this cosmic manifestation. I want to see that form of yours. PURPORT The Lord said that because He entered into the material, material universe by His personal representation, the cosmic manifestation has, made, has been made possible and is going on. Now as far as Arjuna is concerned, he is inspired by the statements of Krishna, but in order to convince others of the fut in the future who may think that Krishna is an ordinary person, Arjuna desires to see him actually in his universal form, to see how he is acting from within the universe, although he is apart from it. Arjuna is addressing the Lord as Parameshwara, is also significant. Since the Lord is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, He is present within Arjuna Himself. Therefore, He knows the desire of Arjuna and can understand that Arjuna had no, has no special desire to see Him in His universal form, for Arjuna is completely satisfied to see Him in His personal form of Krishna. But the Lord can understand. <clears throat> but the Lord can understand also that Arjuna wants to see the, uni the universal form to convince others. Arjuna did not have any personal desire for confirmation. Krishna also understands that Arjuna wants to see the universal form to set a criterion. For in the future there would be so many impostors who would pose themselves as incarnations of God. The people, therefore, should be careful. One who claims to be Krishna should be prepared to show his universal form to confirm his claim to the people. Text 4 Manyase yadiyachakyam Maya drashtum iti prabho yogeshwada tato me tvang darshayat manam avyayam 
If you think that I am able to behold your cosmic form, O my Lord, O Master of all mystic power, then kindly show me that unlimited universal self. Purport. It is said here that one can neither see, hear, understand, nor perceive the Supreme Lord Krishna by the material senses. But if one is engaged in loving transcendental service to the Lord from the beginning, then one can see the Lord by revelation. Every living entity is only a spiritual spark. Therefore, it is not possible to see or to understand the Supreme Lord. Arjuna, as a devotee, does not depend on his speculative strength. Rather, he admits his limitations as a living entity and acknowledges Krishna's inestimable position. Arjuna could understand that for a living entity it is not possible to understand the unlimited infinite. If the infinite reveals himself, then it is possible to understand the nature of the infinite by the grace of the infinite. The word Yogeshwara is also very significant here because the Lord has inconceivable power. If He likes, He can reveal Himself by His grace, although He is unlimited. Therefore, Arjuna pleads for the inconceivable grace of Krishna. He does not give Krishna orders. Krishna is not obliged to reveal Krishna is not obliged to reveal Himself unless one surrenders fully in Krishna consciousness and engages in devotional service. Thus, it is not possible for a person to depend on the strength of their mental speculations to see Krishna. Text 5 Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Pashyame Pardurupani Shatashota Sahasrashaha Nana Vidani Dibyani Nana Varna Kritini Cha The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, My dear Arjuna, O son of Prita, see now my opulences, hundreds of thousands of very divine and multicolored forms. Purport Arjuna wanted to see Krishna in his universal form, which although a transcendental form is just manifested for the cosmic manifestation and is therefore subject to the temporary time of this material nature. As the material nature is manifested and not manifested. Similarly, this universal form of Krishna is manifested and non-manifested. It is not eternally situated in the spiritual sky like Krishna's other forms. As far as a devotee is concerned, he is not eager to see the universal form. But because Arjuna wanted to see Krishna in this way, Krishna reveals this form. This universal form is not possible. <clears throat> this universal form 
is not possible to be seen by any ordinary man. Krishna must give one the power to see it. Hare Krishna. That brings us to 6.45, almost 6.45, 7.45 rather, I'm sorry. So we're going to stop our reading now and beg for the assembly sages to give their uh, reflections uh, and discussions. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Haribo Shantarupa Devi Dasi Hare Krishna from Wales. She says Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And from Sudevi Dasi. Haribo Sudevi Dasi. She says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, go for it. <laughs> well, all right, I will. And from Visarada, Visarada Radhadasi. Visarada Radhadasi, Hare Krishna. She says, Our most revered beloved Keshava Bharti Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you, your servant, Visharadarada Dasi. Hare Krishna. Thank you, dear Madhaji. Thank you very much. I'm just a peon trying to deliver the mail. That's the eleventh chapter. Effect of the eleventh chapter. What? <laughs> All right, Hare Krishna. Rasika G, you have something to yeah, I add? Just, uh, it, it goes right along with what you just said. It, and that is um, Hare Krishna Kulamara. Hare Krishna. <coughs> The thing that struck me in, in this 11th chapter so far is that uh, Srila Prabhupada is, is uh, remarking how we're, all, we're, we're just a, a little spark of Krishna's splendor, a tiny atomic portion, and that we can't, we can't really know his, any of his forms without him giving mercy and actually enabling us to see it. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, we can't see anything mm. without his grace. Everything, everything that we have, all the abilities. He says, Predoshem Nishu, I am the ability in man. Mm. You know? He's uh, given everything, as he's explained already in the 10th chapter. And now in the 11th chapter, he'll yeah, he'll reveal this, but it's not a very important thing. By the end of the chapter, he'll 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 reveal it. He's already he's already done so at the end of the tenth chapter. Mm. 
you know all of this is just a little tiny spark of my splendor so even this universal forms even this universal form which is beyond conception of a material mind is just a little spark of his splendor of his splendor yeah that's right very nice well I just felt that Prabhupada is putting it in uh, he always does obviously put things in remarkable ways but this was exceptionally remarkable yeah yeah it really is how he can make the most difficult concepts spiritual philosophy and deep thoughts crystal clear and lucid you know in such simple language it's, mm. a, it's a real gift it's a real gift he's a transcendental poet his writing is pure poetry mm. yeah okay anything else by yet Murti Devi Dasa. Hare Krishna Nandamurti. She says, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees. Please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Lord Krishna is very kind to explain about his glories and very kind to show his universal form. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that re re that uh, reflection. That's very nice. Another question from Rati Manjari. Hari bol, Rati. <coughs> she says, Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. How is it that we can make the quickest advancement by being silent? The term silent here is a poetic expression. It means not to make sounds which are disturbing. Not, not to talk nonsense. Um, Krishna conscious person observes silence in that he doesn't speak anything that is not worthy to be heard. And anything that is not, that won't take one uh, forward towards uh, Krishna consciousness. What what it was that the mothers used to teach? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Keep your mouth shut. So, yeah. A learned person uh, who's acting like a who, who, who a foolish person who is acting like a learned person is exposed as soon as he speaks so we can make the what was it she said how can we make what, what was it she said how can we make how can we make the quickest advancement by being silent by making the quickest advancement by being silent yeah, we, we can make the quickest advancement by not contributing to the uh, expansion of ignorance in this material world. And we could do that by only speaking Christian consciousness. And if we can't do that, better to be quiet. But the devotees don't have to be quiet. And the, bodhi, the devotees are 
uh, what's the word, silent. Because they don't, like I said before, they don't contribute to the confusion, to the cacophony of material sound that is just causing uh, chaos. Hare Krishna. Next is from Sham Kishore. Sham Kishore Hari Bol. He says, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. <coughs> I think I am a long way from keeping my balance in both sorrow and joy, especially not allowing negativity to affect me. Could you say more on this, please? Yes. Chanting Hare Krishna is free. Chanting Hare Krishna, I was listening to Abai today. He was chanting some really intense japa. And I could tell that it, he was in ecstasy, some degree of ecstasy. And I asked him afterwards, and he was very, he was actually effulgent. And he explained to me that he had made a vow and he got a little bit behind on his vow because he has so much to do, as you know, Sham Kishore because you used to do it for four months straight, <laughs> just how much he has to do to take care of us and do everything that needs to be done to maintain this place, this ashram. But, uh, yeah, the, the holy name of Krishna is Krishna. It is not different than Krishna. So, when you're joyful, chant Hare Krishna. When you're fearful and depressed and anxiety, Chant Hare Krishna, and eventually you will you will learn that chanting Hare Krishna works. You all you already know it. I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, but as Prabhupada said just now, the application. If we apply the knowledge into our own character, then we can realize the philosophy, and when we realize the philosophy then we will know what to say in order to help others. And that will make us steady in happiness and distress. We're not the body. We're not the body and we're not the mind. In everyday language, we always say it. My mind how is your mind today? The possessive tense, the possessive form of dress means uh, it differentiates me from the object that belongs to me. So everyone says, my mind. Is your mind disturbed today? It means we're different from our mind. So that simple truth needs to be assimilated before you can take steps forward towards becoming uh, equipoised in happiness and distress and all different conditions of material existence. You're not your mind and you're not your body. You're a pure spirit soul. And if you chant Hare Krishna very intensely 
without attachment, without trying to get something, just to be with Krishna, then you can get that thing you're looking for, that steadiness you're looking for. Hare Krishna. It's joyful. It's free. It gives you everything. Why not do it? So, when you are feeling agitated or feeling depressed or morose or feeling, you know, too much elated about yourself or whatever, then chant Hare Krishna. That's what we say. That's our motto. Chant Hare Krishna and be happy. Because happiness doesn't come from those things. Happiness comes when the soul is pleasing Krishna. Hare Krishna. Next is something from Vilas Manjari. Haribo Vilas Manjari, Hare Krishna. She says, Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I have a question. When Krishna says, of women I am fine speech, intelligence, etc. Is this referring to these qualities in women or to feminine qualities that could be exhibited by men and women? He answers it in the, in the purport, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. These are feminine qualities and anyone who has these qualities is, is considered to be uh, elevated. Men can have these qualities and, men, and women can have uh, um, male qualities also, masculine qualities. Pretty obvious. Next is a comment from Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. She says, tonight... Comment, comment away. <laughs> tonight I was feeling happy hearing you read. And I realized that I become happy because you and Srila Prabhupada have so much faith in Krishna that I can just float along on the wings of your faith <laughs> and at least for one hour benefit from faithful hearing and not live on the mental platform full of frivolousness and anguish. <laughs> it is just such a relief. Thank you for being there for us and lifting the veil to show us the reality Hare of Krishna. Krishna consciousness. Thank you, Rati Manjuri. That's a deep thing you just said. and uh, Everyone needs encouragement, including me, so I will feel very encouraged by that, that we're doing something to, to help the devotees, to bring the devotees closer to Krishna and to, and to real happiness. We all want to be happy, but we cannot be happy as long as we're thinking with the body. Hare Krishna. I will take that as a from Krishna, as coming from Krishna, that I should continue to do this. Another comment from Anandamurti. Anandamurti, Hare Krishna. Bhagavad Gita is ultimately for everyone who tries to understand about the Lord, including materialistic people. Krishna is freely trying to give mercy to all people, and devotees are trying very hard to convey these transcendental gifts 
but those who are eager to receive it are very rare. Yes, this is confirmed by Krishna in the seventh chapter of the Gita. Manushanam sahasreshu katschit yatati siddhaye yatatam apisiddhanam katschin mam veti tatpataha. Out of many thousands and millions of people, one may even try to improve themselves spiritually. And of those who have, of, the, of, of those who have achieved the, that, su that success, meaning that they understand and have realized they're not the body, of, of hundreds and thousands of those, hardly one knows Krishna in truth. Therefore, we should never be discouraged because not very many people are coming. Not very many people are willing to come and enjoy Krishna consciousness like we are. We should never become discouraged because that's the nature of this material world. Every one of the, of the conditioned souls has come here to try to enjoy, own and control in imitation of God. And therefore they don't want to be told anything else. They don't want to be told that, they're not, that they are eternal. They don't want to be told that they cannot enjoy in this material world. They cannot be, be told, don't, don't want to be told these things. So material nature takes part of some of the responsibility, you know, and in Krishna consciousness, devotees take part of the rest of the responsibility. Material energy helps us by causing so much suffering that sometimes even a conditioned soul wakes up and says, wait a second, what's going on here? Enough is enough. Why? Is all this going on? I don't want it. What? Why is it happening? This is the beginning of human life. And people who have not answered, asked that question, they have not reached the human form of life yet. So therefore, what do you expect in this material world? Most of the, the especially in this Kali Yuga, most uh, so-called human beings haven't reached the human form of life yet. You want to put two, a dog and a cat in a room together and tell them, okay, you two just get along and we'll come right back with your food. Right. You've got a guaranteed fight. Papa used to joke, why is it that the cat and the dog fight naturally? Because the soul and the body of a dog is thinking, I'm a dog. And the soul and the body of a cat is thinking I'm a cat and therefore they have to fight. One has to meow and the other has to bark. That's it. Material existence in a nutshell. Hare Krishna. Sham Kishore, he says, thank you very much Guru Maharaj. Just hearing your answer appeased my mind. <laughs> Thank you, Sham Kishore, for being there. And please give these books out to people. That will solve your problems. And another comment from Rati Manjari. Jai Rati. She says, happiness comes when the soul is pleasing Krishna. A classic statement. I'm going to put that one up on my wall. <laughs> I suspect that this statement can save me a lot of money. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Thank you, dear Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Rati. All right. Thank you, everyone, for your lovely uh, reflections for a few moments there. I didn't think there were going to be anything today, many today, but it turned out to be the best day of all. Srimad Bhagavad Gita as it is, ki jai. Samabheda Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same same topic. Wow. How it is that Krishna has entered into this material world. Universal form. See you tomorrow. Hari Krishna.